Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. And giving to charity is a very noble cause. We all feel good when we reach into our pocket, take out all the money, and give it to a charity. But then you read a report, you see on the news, that only 10% or less of your money that you gave to that charity actually gets to the actual cause. Where does the rest of the money go? What are they using it for? You never really truly know. Well, Binance set off to fix that by putting charity on the blockchain. And here to talk about Binance's charity initiative is the head of charities, Ms. Helen High. And we're gonna go into their plan, how it's funded, what the future looks like, and the infrastructure they're setting up to support charities. I am excited to get into that conversation. Before we get into that conversation, wherever you're listening to this, please make sure you're subscribed, leave us a rating and a comment. Also, please share these episodes. Share with your friends, your family, on your social medias, your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook. Share it so people can get educated about cryptocurrency and the world of tomorrow. Also, Crypto 101 is writing its second book. And if you want this book for free, go to Crypto101podcast.com, enter your email, and we will notify you when the book is published so we can send you a copy. I also want to let you know about Crypto 101's discount code for Ethereal Summit in New York City, May 10th and May 11th. Go to etherealsummit.com at checkout, enter promo code CRYPTO101 for 15% off Ethereal tickets in New York and see speakers such as Joe Lubin and Caitlin Long. And you'll also see me there. So we'll see you in New York City, etherealsummit.com, promo code CRYPTO101, 15% off. We'll see you in New York. And I wanna say thank you very much to Mr. Simon for editing this episode. And just a reminder, this is not financial advice, legal advice, investment advice, or personal advice. Now, without further ado, here is Miss Helen High, head of charity for Binance. We'll see you after the show. Helen High, head of Binance Charity, welcome to Crypto 101. It's my great pleasure. Helen, I've been following you for a long time and I've been following CZ and Binance. Binance has been on the show. CZ has been on the show before. And one of the biggest things that you and CZ have done is to open up a crypto charity program, taking the funds from Binance, the fees from Binance and throwing them into things that you believe in. And that is just amazing. But before we get into all of this, your path, I want to know about you, your upbringing and some of your other philanthropic endeavors in the United Nations, Made for Africa, and all of these other amazing things you're doing and how that led up to Binance. So if you don't mind, where were you born? What about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. It's great a pleasure to meet you today, Matthew. I was born in Changchun. It's a third tier city in, uh, in Northeast China. The way I was grew up is being a good daughter. And the way to be a good daughter is actually very simple. Go to a good university, which I did, and then go to a big corporate firm, which I did, and then climb the corporate ladder. And then I did exactly that before I was 30. I was the chief actuary for Zurich Financial Services in Greater China region, and I was an expat at that time. I went to Africa back in 2011, starting searching of my own purpose. And that's actually I started to realizing, find my purpose. So two years later, after I created a successful shoe factory, the late prime minister of Ethiopia passed away and the new prime minister take on the position. During his first official visit to China, he invited me to travel with him on the government's jet. Oh, wow. And on the plane, he said to me, he said, 
Helen, I really appreciate you for the last two years. You helped our vision to demonstrate manufacturing is possible. But for the real industrialization, it's not just venture factory. We need hundred and thousand factories enable for us to creating millions of jobs, which we really want for the bottom of our pyramid. So can you help me to do that? So after that trip, I left the shoe factory. I become the first Chinese advisor to the prime minister of Ethiopia,、mm. and my first task is to help the government to promote the first industrial park. It took us less than three months without any international advertisement. All twenty-two factory unit, we leased all of them to international manufacturers from China, Turkey, Bangladesh, all over the world. People ask me, Helen, how did you do it? Because the factory unit has been existed for five years. There was no any success, you know, on investment promotion. How did you do it? For me, it's very simple. Success brings success. I invite the investor in, show them exactly what I did in the shoe factory, and they just signed the lease of the unit immediately because they see there's a great business opportunity. Let me ask you about your upbringing a little bit more because I, I think that a lot of people understand, or maybe even not understand, the success story of China. And I was there in 2004. I saw 2004 and the transformation from China all the way until I left in 2017, and then went to Taiwan, and then went to the United States just this year. The amount of growth, the amount of Infrastructure, the amount of jobs created and wealth created, and the the real estate valuation and the GDP just in the time that I was there is unbelievable. Did you use your growing up and your vision or experience within your country and juxtapose that into Africa or other countries to give you inspiration of what to do? Because you said you took a year off. And in that year off, did you see parallels between China and Africa at that time because of what you saw in your your country? Exactly, you are very right. The moment actually during my first visit to Ethiopia, I will share you two stories. So first, you know, during our first day, you know, when we first arrived in Ethiopia, we didn't realize we are going to do any investment, and then we went on a rural trip, and then on the street we saw some children suffering from hunger. Uh, we just wrote a check, you know, like a group of us of hundred thousand U.S. dollars. We、oh. gave it to actually to the、uh, minister of Ethiopia. We said, please that's, take that's this money,、amount. yeah, to buy some food for those children, suffering children. Right. You know what happened?、Mm. Because we were a group of investors, so the so the minister looked at the check. He didn't. He looked at it for a minute, and he returned it back to us. He、right. said, Helen. We don't want fish from you. We want you to teach us how to catch the fish.、Mm. We want you come here to invest instead of giving us the money. We want you to help us, you know, to do manufacturing to create jobs for us. So that is what we want. So this is something really touched me. And then the second thing is, you know, during my first visit, I stayed in a hotel called a Sheraton in Addis Ababa. It's a five-star hotel, as people can expect it for all the Sheraton.、Mm-hmm. You know, it's at that time it's the only five-star hotel in in Addis Ababa. So after dinner, you know,、uh, after the during the second day, I was digesting food. So I was walking along the garden, digesting, you know, like what I saw in the country.、Mm-hmm. And then I suddenly hear some music, 
So in in the hotel, and I just followed the music, which lead me to the back of the hotel in Sheraton. There's a bar called the Office Bar. I went into the bar. That was uh, 2011. I looked around in the Sheraton Hotel in Addis Ababa. In that bar, I didn't see any Ethiopians. I saw there was a lot of Americans、mm-hmm. and European people, and also some of us Chinese down there.、Mm-hmm. I believe actually I am a beneficiary of China's economic transformation. So the moment I was in Sheraton, I realized it. Every generation have every generation's duty. Now it's my generation's duty. You know, bringing Asia's economic transformation model to Africa to help those little girls. You know, outside the gate of Sheraton is to helping them because. Only their country can find the right path of development. Their life will change dramatically. Talk a little bit more about your charity. We'll say quote charity work and the philanthropy you do. We we know about already your upbringing, how you were inspired, the manufacturing in the industry, and how you feel that that is the key to pulling the. Bottom billion. The bottom billion. Creating、uh, jobs. Creating is by creating jobs. Create and that, those jobs create wealth, and the people go to work. People make money, and they do it out of their labor, and they do it by investment in companies coming into、uh, the the countries. After all of, all of that, what did you do in the philanthropic area? Because I know that you there was a little bit of the United Nations. You have a organization called Made in Africa. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so back to 2011 after. Working for the Ethiopian government as the first advisor. So after the industrial park being very successful,、uh, I was being awarded by the United Nations,、uh, being the goodwill ambassador to full industrialization in Africa. And I set up the NGO Made in Africa in- Initiative with the、oh, support、nice. of the United Nations. Okay. The goal actually is to bring in Ethiopia's experience to other countries. So what happened in the past eight years? I've been working with Ethiopian government creating industrial parks. The latest industrial park in 2018 is called Havasa Park. It's actually 100% for making garments to export to the U.S. and it's actually generated about 40,000 jobs already. So from nobody believed, you know, Africa is ready to becoming the manufacturing hub. You know, it took us eight years. Actually, in one industrial park, forty thousand jobs being generated. Thinking about government is doing eight industrial parks, and Ethiopia's success had a big snowballing effect、mm-hmm. in the Africa continent. I was being invited by the president of Rwanda back in two thousand fourteen, so I went to Rwanda, set up the first garment factory, creating thousand jobs, and then also working with the government, building industrial parks. You know, demonstrating the same job creation model, and then 2015, I was being invited by the president of Senegal. So I went to Dakar, helped the government create the first industrial park. So under the Made in Africa initiative, we have been invited by at least ten Africa head of states.、Mm-hmm. You know, working with them on their industrialization strategy, because back in 2011, prior that. Nobody even talk about industrialization、right. in Africa. So I think what we did, you know, under the initiative in the past eight years, is really pushing industrialization as a development agenda for Africa's economic transformation, and even put it on the United Nations development mandate. The key is actually is to focusing on job creation. You know, if you ask me why I'm so passionate about this. 
bottom billion. Because if I'm looking at the world, I don't think that is Africa's issue. Today, Africa has 1.3 billion population.、Mm-hmm. Most of them are young people. If we continue the same development path, which is focused on health and education, thinking about so many Africans with reasonable good health, a little bit, you know, education, but no jobs. In my opinion, the current refugee crisis in Europe is just the tip of the iceberg. If there's not enough job being created in Africa in the past, in the next ten years, there's going to be war in Africa.、Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of refugees, and Africa has doubled the size of the population of Europe. Thinking about you know more countries, if there's no job creation, more refugees flooded into Europe. There's going to much a bigger security issue first at Europe and then rest of the world. So I think that's a very crucial issue. You know, thinking about development. You know, what actually how to solve the issue for the bottom billion. And this is going back about actually thinking about even the bigger development issue. Post Second World War, first there's the Second Industrial Revolution, who really helped Asia. You know, on its economic transformation journey. And then, if I'm looking at actually what happened in the past thirty years, which is the third industrial revolution, which is internet-based, while particular, you know, like in San Francisco, you know, in this part of the world,、mm-hmm. we're celebrating the technological advancement, but also we have to realize what happened in the past thirty years in the world. One percent of the population is holding ninety percent of the wealth.、Mm-hmm. The world, actually, from that perspective. Didn't becoming a better place. The people at the bottom billion that even suffer more. So I think now thinking about blockchain, where blockchain is a technology, key technology in the fourth industrial revolution. So in my opinion, in this round of the fourth industrial revolution, entrepreneur need to think how we we need to do things in the past thirty years. Entrepreneur didn't do, which we need to think. Not just giving money. We need to think how we can use the technology as a tool on day one to support the bottom billion to actually support their economic transformation. I think that actually can really achieve the twenty thirty goal of our human being to really achieve, you know, the sustainable development goal. I want to bridge this what you just told us with Binance, but before that. I heard a rumor. I'm not too sure if it's true. You've known CZ since you were a little girl. Is that tr- is that correct? Not a little girl. I know him about ten years. Oh, okay, okay. I thought I read that you known him for, since you were, you were growing up with him. How did you meet CZ? How did he approach you to start working with Binance?、Uh, my husband is a friend of CZ. That's why I know CZ、okay. for ten years. But the question is, you know, as I mentioned, my personal goal is very clear. In my journey of searching my purpose, I realized my goal is actually to find a way to support the bottom billion people. And what I've done in the past eight years is to using the model of the second industrial revolution's model, who has been demonstrating successful in Asia, bringing that model to Africa. But because I was also being elected to, by World Economic Forum as a young global leader, so I was actually being very exposed to this fourth industrial revolution. For the past three years, so the question actually I've been thinking for three years is how we can use you know the fourth industrial revolution to achieve the same target. Because now you know, as I said, every generation have every generation's duty. What can we do? You know, use this as a 
as a tool to, to make that the, the bottom billion, you know, to support their economic transformation. And I actually first deep dived on the AI technology, mm -hmm. but I didn't find any angle how that will actually can really link it to with my personal goal to support Africa's, you know, economic transformation. And then actually I, I've started hearing this new technology about blockchain. In 2000, last year, 2018, I was being invited to speak at Davos. Okay. And then while I was speaking there, I went to all the sessions on crypto and blockchain. What I've learned last year in Davos, blockchain is a very important technology, you know, like in the fourth industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. But this stage is very much like the early stage. Right. It's like internet in the 90s. Right. But whether this technology is going, how it's going to develop, it's really up to entrepreneurs how you are going to drive it. And also we need industry shapers to shape the technology into the right direction. So that is a very key message I, I heard. We need industry shapers. That is after Davos. That's why actually during a lunch, I, I was having lunch with CZ after Davos. So we started talking about purpose. That's just after he was on the front page of Forbes. Okay. So in his mind, he's more thinking about what is the real purpose of Binance. So I was actually talking up, uh, discussing that and also our own personal purpose, you know, like in this world with CZ. So we came to the same conclusion. The purpose of Binance, even though he's on the front page of Forbes magazine for CZ personally, we came into the same conclusion. We need to think from success to significant. That is why CZ and I decided we need to actually, at this early stage, Binance need to play a role as industry shapers. We need to think about not only making profit, you know, as a company, we need to think how we can leverage the technology to bridge the social gap to support the bottom billion. So if we think about you know, currently there's 7.6 billion population in the world. Mm -hmm. Most of the people who are using crypto today are the people in the middle, you know, like the right. middle class, you know, who are using crypto. Right. And the liquidity we are doing using exchange is only the liquidity, you know, in this area. Right. There's no, so what we're saying, if we can bring in the technology for the bottom billion people, creating the real liquidity between them and starting liquidity with, within, between them with the rest of the community, that's actually is going to be very innovative. Thinking about, you know, the financial inclusion, we have been talking about financial inclusion, you know, for years. In my opinion, I don't think crypto will replace fiat, but I think crypto is a complementary tool to fiat. So that's why if I look at the bottom billion, one of the things of the bottom billion that not existed in the current financial structure, this is where personally I felt crypto can play a very important role, you know, for those group of users. So that is why when we set up actually decided during the conversation with CZ, we decided we want to actually use our Binance leverage Binance platform, leverage Binance technology, bringing the technology to the bottom billion, to that world. So one of the things that we've heard in the crypto space is that the fees it takes for a token or a cryptocurrency or a digital asset to join Binance is going to be allocated to this charity project. 
Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? And can you also tell us about how it's been used thus far? Okay. First of all, uh, CC committed all the listing fees will go into the charity. That means actually, and also CZ committed 100 million over the years from Binance as a profit, you know? Just to clarify, if I'm a coin, let's just call myself a Crypto 101 token, and I pay Binance $100,000 to get listed, that $100,000 is not going to be touched by the company. It's going to be moved to your control to figure out how, how we're going to use that, or Binance is going to use that for charity. That is correct. Okay. And actually, uh, for Binance Charity, we not only take Binance money. You know, when Binance decided to set up Binance, we've got great support, actually, from the industry. For example, Chong immediately decided to donate $3 million to us. Because, you know, this is something also really touched that, that's me. That's uh, Justin, Justin Sun? Justin Sun, yes. Okay. He committed $3 million immediately, you know, put, uh, giving to our charity. And one of the things for our charity, first of all, we charge zero administration. You know, for most of the charity today, you see they charge, when you donate money, you pay for their salaries, you pay for their flying business that class. That is my next question too. Yes. For <laughs> us, uh, all the donation we received, we charge zero of that. CC actually put a separate fund actually to support the staff cost, including my own salary and also all the administration costs from the charity. It's nothing to will be used, you know, by the donation we received. And all the money we put into the donation is going to go through and the crypto. The- Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Transparent system. So nobody can abuse any of the donation. So this going back to the question, you know, like what we can, you know, we talk about the bigger goal of our charity is to use crypto for social good to support the bottom billion. But the question is how? Before actually we talk about how, we also need to think how the end beneficiary think about this. Would they accept this? Before we go into the how, can, can we talk about the transparency a little bit? Because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are jaded on is they give, they see the guy with the bell outside of the grocery store seeing, you know, during Christmas time and you put a dollar into the, the guy wearing the Santa suit and you know that dollar or only about 10 cents of it is going to go to the charity or even less because you have all the administration fees or any fees that they're going to charge or, or whatever. How do you ensure that the, these charities are going to use the money as you want them to? And what is the repercussions if they don't? That's a very good question because the current infrastructure for charity, it is the same infrastructure post the Second World War. It hasn't changed. And the current infrastructure for example, you just said, if you give a dollar, if you want to, let's say I'm a poor kid in Ethiopia, you want to give me a dollar. Right now, there's no infrastructure for your dollar directly to me. Right. You have to give it to a third party. And what happened is the third party is giving my information back to you. And you have no idea what's the transaction between the third party and the end beneficiary. There's no infrastructure to do that. 
So currently, that is the biggest problem. Therefore, in development, there's a famous word called the leaking basket. Despite billions of monies in the past, you know, post several decades, has been flooded to developing countries. Most of the countries are still trapped in poverty. This leaking basket, it is the biggest bottleneck,、mm. and this is why we felt crypto and blockchain is a key technology can solve this. This is why actually we use our own fin- financial resource and our technology developing this transparent platform. So now, if you want to donate、uh, a dollar to the Binance Charity Platform, you can track where that dollar goes. So we are putting a system; nobody actually can dispute the the transaction. You are、right. able to track where the money went. Okay, we talked about the listing fees. How can other people get involved? Is it buying BNB token and donating to charities, or is it only through transacting and using the exchange? Does this generate charity income? Okay, first of all, everybody can participate. So on our Binance the charity,、uh, you can actually we have a wallet. There's various program. You can select a program. You know, instead of you giving a dollar in the supermarket, there's a QR code. You can just decide it how much you want to donate, and in there you are able to track whether your donation went into the end beneficiary、oh, wow. through various different project. And the way I'm talking about early on, there's infrastructure. What we are doing. We did two things. We are very proud of. Number one, we built this transparent system. You are able to track the donation. Secondly, I said there's lack of infrastructure. Why there's lack of infrastructure? Because the end beneficiary that not existed in the current structure. So what we are doing actually, the last mile is the most difficult part. For to making charity transparent, many people talk about it, but there's no concrete reactions because the last mile is the most difficult part. And something we are really proud for the past six months, we actually went into Africa, started in Uganda. We're actually giving the end beneficiary DIDs wallet. So then that means when they actually have each of them. They don't have bank account because they are not existing in the current infrastructure.、Right. But we're empowering them with a tool, with a wallet, with a DID crypto DID, so that in that case, all the transaction can be tracked. You know, in the process. Does Binance help them? Like, for example, if they just have this destination wallet, if if I am giving cryptocurrency or BNB to、uh, a charity of my choice, and they don't have a bank, they don't have no off ramp, they don't have a way to liquidate any of this cryptocurrency. How does Binance help them put that money to good use? So first, we believe it's very important to empower the bottom billion with crypto wallet because that's their ID in a way. If they don't have that endpoint, there's no liquidity. You cannot start the transaction、that's、with、true. them.、Okay. So this is something actually we are the one who being pioneers, going on the ground. You know. Creating, you know, through the charity pro- project developing. For example, our first pilot project is called Binance Lunch for Children. So in this program, our goal is to support one million kids in developing countries. It's about six dollars, six dollars per month to support a kids. So seventy-two dollars to support a kids for the all years lunch、mm-hmm. because a lot of children. You you want to support their education, but if their stomach is hungry, 
they, they're just crying in the class. They don't even able to continue the education. So, but during this process, we actually we are able to empowering you know the suppliers of the food. Thinking about in the past, if some people say I donate, uh, you know maybe a power station, you know in Africa, what happened is yes, maybe that's cost a million, but the build the people who are building the power station probably have the people from China or America, but then the money went back to those peoples or buying right. the equipment again. Money being repatriated right. through projects, right. but in our project, when you donate your six dollars, the money actually went into the local food suppliers. He need to give their money to local farmers, and then they need to use their money to hire more people. You know, to cooking the food. So in this way, we actually created the money stayed locally and started liquidating locally, and then there's activity being generated. And in this process, we're actually creating crypto wallet、mm-hmm. in this transaction. And then thinking about, you know, the food supplier. For example, I provide vegetable. Maybe you provide meat. But if we are being empowered with crypto wallet, we can also, you know, exchange between each other. Exchange between each other. We don't.、Mm-hmm. We we never had a bank account. We don't even need a bank account in the future. So our goal is actually during our, you know. Binance Lunch Project in the whole supply chain, we want to empower people doing the real education of crypto and letting people using crypto. And the most important thing is, in this process, everything's transparent.、Mm-hmm. There won't be corruption. There won't be, you know, like you cannot abuse the fund because all the transaction is trackable. Let me summarize this with my donation to Binance that charity. Yeah, for seventy-two dollars a month. Seventy two dollars a year for、uh, yeah. one for one person, one kid. I can sponsor their meals. That gives them a wallet, which gives them an ID, which also empowers the i the, the wallets and wallet creation of the people who are supplying their meals. If it's rice or or vegetables or beef or what have you. So by that seventy two dollars, one individual actually just created a little economy over one person. Is that what you're saying? Plus IDs, plus banks. Exactly. That's pretty damn smart. Yeah, so this is what we are saying. <laughs> we actually want to use this one to create the infrastructure. And thinking about this is like a high speed road we are creating. The car is like the land project. But once you build the infrastructure, you can have different kind of type of cars. You can support the kids on education, and then the、uh, education, the whole education flow, the supply chain, people will all be empowered. Value started to transfer. So, if you ask me the real use of crypto in this case, I believe internet enabled our human the information flow. The real use of crypto and blockchain, I believe, is a value transfer, free value transfer. That's why talking about liquidity, it's not just liquidity between the people who are currently exchanging coins. There should be liquidity between every single person. In this seven point six billion pyramid globally, so for the donation, people can be empowered with the new infrastructure. I want to ask you about a couple of challenges. Okay, we know about you. We know about your your early life. We know about Binance. We know about their charity. What are the challenges? I want to know two things. First, your personal challenge. I'm going to assume, and tell me if I'm wrong, that there was probably a lot of skepticism about you doing what you're doing in Africa, being who you are, and also there's been praise and criticism to Binance and CZ 
and your work with uh, the charity there and Binance's intentions. Can you please tell us one about your personal challenges and some, some maybe setbacks you've had and also some setbacks to Binance? Since 2011, I went on through this journey of finding my purpose. So that is very important. It's actually to finding your true north, your finding your internal compass. And actually, when you find that, because for me, I think I find a goal much bigger than myself, which my goal is to support the bottom billion. Because when I went to Africa, I've experienced a tough childhood. I know actually how those people felt. And I know how economic transformation means, you know, how their life can be changed because my life is being changed like that. So I think I believe my purpose is to using what I know, what I have, to finding the same people in the same position I was in 30 years back. So while I meet a lot of challenges, etc., I don't think I'm being disturbed that much. That's a very strong belief I have. And the same thing, I think, for buying a charity. And the same thing, actually, while I was doing the Made in Africa initiative. Because we are very clear with our goals. And that goal is not for personal gain. It's actually for the real end beneficiaries. So the time is always the best, you know, tell you what is, the, what is right, what is wrong. And I think, you know, with time evolve, the truth is always appear. So that is something I think to having that belief, strong belief is very important. Number two, I would say the most difficult thing, you know, like in implementation is the last miles. You know, people talking about, you know, doing work, you know, I went to a lot of conferences. You see people talking about nice things. But the real work is not about talking. The real work is actually doing, doing on the ground, right. living in that condition. And I, that is something I'm always very proud of my team, you know, of what we did. You know, during the Made in African Initiative, we will actually be able on the ground, you know, creating the jobs concretely. That actually made us different, demonstrating that is possible. And on the ground, there's many difficult challenges. And this is something actually we're very proud of. That. And right now it's the same thing. You know, with less than three months, we launched the Binance Lunch for Project, you know, like in Uganda. A lot of the big development agencies, they will spend millions, you know, talking about having conference, talking about, oh, with those people without lack of infrastructure, how we are going to conquer the problem. Right. I felt we're different. I give you an example. I would say if there's a tiger in front of you, a lot of development agencies, what they do is they get their laptop, they have meetings, they discuss how are they, they're going to conquer the tiger. But the problem, in my opinion, when they finish that discussion, the tiger is gone. And we felt what <laughs> we did is different. I would call it new, uh, the real entrepreneurship is when we see the tiger in front of us, we jump on top of the tiger and we ride it. And this is actually our spirit for the Binance Charity. We actually went into the ground to developing the solutions, you know, with the end beneficiary together. I don't, frank, being very frankly, I don't think we have the perfect solution right now, but we believe actually, we, we understand what's our mission and our goal, and we have the guts, you know, on the ground, working with locals to developing solutions, to finding them the best way. How, mu how much money has been pledged so far to the charity? Uh, we've roughly pledged about uh, more than a million. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Is that in one place, or it's been spread through many different areas? Or one of the biggest donation、uh, was the Japan flood, and now for us, we're not desperate to donate more. For us, I think we actually want to build the infrastructure. That is why the Binance Landfill project is very important. In this process, we are building the infrastructure. We are very successful with the schools already. So. By the end of this month, we are going to roll out more schools. So the goal of this year, we want to work the, with the whole industry actually to support one million kids,、mm. you know, through this landfill project. And in this project, early on, just to go back to what you said,、uh, we actually we hope we said we want the whole industry thinking differently. So Binance is very equivalent mirror the New York Stock Exchange in the in the fiat world. So today. Number one, there's no New New York Exchange, Hong Kong Stock Exchange. There's no stock exchange said I give all my listing fees to charity. Nobody said that. Binance is the first one said that. And actually, we wish all the company listed on us by the end of the year. They will also make donations, you know,、uh, to the end beneficiary.、Right. So we this is actually a new revolution we want to lead. You know, in the fourth round of the industrial revolution, we want all the entrepreneurs, you know, in the crypto world, to rethink. Except money, there's a bigger purpose. You know, as the industry, we need to think, which is to bridge the social gap. With building this in- infrastructure and with these donations and with this money, there has been money that went out to, you said,、uh, the flood in Japan. Who's to say, and how can we be sure that the money is actually going to go for what is supposed to go for? That's my first question. And the second question is: I remember there was a quote from Binance. I don't know if it was from CZ directly, but he said, "It's my business. It's my money. I can do what I want with it." Yet you just said that you want other companies to follow your lead. Is it a fair statement to say they don't have to? They can do what they want. First of all, I think every company. Can do whatever they want. It's their own choice. What we felt we are doing now is demonstrating what technology can do, and it's up to the company to make their own choices. So this is the first. And secondly, right now with our Japan donation, we use、uh, our own Binance money. So for us, we 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 can decide where we want to give. But I think. Back to your question: How can you make sure the money went into the end beneficiary? Today, what we are doing is developing that transparent platform. That this is the fundamental about blockchain technology is the transparency. And I think when the transparency is there, that's putting the discipline in the whole transaction in the usage. Everybody can track it. We don't even need financial audit. For our donation, because everything, everybody, you don't need auditors to do that. Everybody can go to our website to check to track where the money went. My last critical thought about this process is that Binance would really hope that everybody that's listed on the exchange would help with the charity and give them donations. If they don't, is that looked frowned? Do you guys look down on that? And does that jeopardize their listing status or their status with Binance? Of course not. After all, it's everybody has their own choice. Full stop. Full stop. I think everybody <laughs> has their own choice to do whatever they believe it is right. But there's something I wanted to say about、uh, what our work.、Um, 
one of the before actually I, when CC approached me to head up the Binance、uh, charity, I didn't immediately say yes. One of the thing I took CC to Africa. We met the president of Togo and we met the president of Uganda.、Mm. Uh, as some of you might know, the president of Uganda he's seventy four years old.、Uh, you know he's not a really technology advanced. After thirty minutes, he asked very simple questions. He asked, "What is money? What is crypto? Why we need crypto?" And then you know what he said. He said to us, "He said, Helen and CZ, now in this false industrial revolution, I don't think we want to be followers anymore. We want to be in the fronting line, working with you to developing solutions. We will make mistake." But we have to try. This actually made me the final decision to joining Binance Charity because, as I said, we are now at the early stage of the technology. We need industry shapers. We need people actually with the spirit which want to keep trying to make the right thing. So and actually to going on the ground to working with the end beneficiary to make that dream happen. In five to ten, maybe even twenty years, let's not talk about feeding people. Let's not talk about the money that's going in, going into these charities or the trans、uh, the transparency. Where do you want to see the big picture? Where do you want to see this organization, your work, be in the next five, ten, or twenty years? I believe crypto and a blockchain should solve the financial inclusion to really empower the bottom billion. You know. With transactions, so this is something I see a big usage. Clearly, as I said, I don't think we are getting there yet, but we're actually touching the water,、uh, crossing the river by touching the stones. That is number one. I think financial inclusion is the direction we are going. And secondly, job creation. As I always believing, how we can find a way to use crypto and、uh, blockchain to empower the bottom billion for their job creation. This is very important. If we can achieve that, I believe the technology will stay. Since this is International Women's Day, if this was the first podcast, a young girl or somebody, a woman that was trying to follow her passions, trying to pursue what she was,、uh, what, what she found was her purpose, as you call it, what advice would you give her?、Uh, the advice I would、uh, give, I would like to quote something Nelson Mandela once said. He said, "It always seems." Impossible until it's done. So I want to give this new person. I want to say, find your own compass and don't be afraid and try it. Wonderful, Helen High, head of charities for Binance. Thank you very much for joining us on Crypto One Hundred and One. Thank you. It's my great pleasure. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto One Hundred and One, Helen. If you're listening, thank you very much for coming on the show. And these are the episodes I really like. I really like to see when good is being done with blockchain, setting up the infrastructure, making a system that is transparent, that benefits individuals, and onboards them to cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. In our next episode of Crypto One Hundred and One, we have more One Hundred and One episodes. Where we look at Minds.com and Bounty's network. I'm looking forward to sharing those episodes with you, so we can learn more about the people and the projects in the blockchain space, working hard and building during the bear. Don't forget ApogeeCrypto.com, A-P-O-G-E-E-Crypto.com, the best place for your real-time prices to make a portfolio, to get crypto news, and to watch the charts. 
Don't forget to go to Crypto101podcast.com. Put your email in there for Crypto101's newest book to be released in about a month. And we'll see you in future episodes of Crypto 101. We'll see you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.